Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the Dueling Club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dueling Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. Yeah. That's me. That's you. That, that, that was also you. You're Jen. I am. Sup. Okay, I need to take this moment to say I hate paper straws. I paper hate straws them. Are and I, I get that's a first world problem, whatever. This is why I have the hard plastic reusable straws in my house. Because these paper things, as soon as they get a little bit too wet, they're useless. Yep. So, if when you come to my house, I have like 40 reusable straws. I, I bought some too. Yeah. And they all got stolen. I had to buy a whole new pack. Because I feel like... Somebody, not going to name names, fiance, was accidentally throwing them out. <laughs> That's what I think happened. Oh, Lord. Um, so I bought more, and now I monitor them like crazy. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not buying another 24-pack to then have them disappear. Yeah, no. Because then we're not fixing the problem of single-use straws. Now they're just harder plastic. Which is probably worse, harder to yes. Yeah. Um, I tried metal straws. I have one metal straw. I don't like even remotely. It's awful. I think the reusable plastic is the way to go. To be yeah. honest, I know again, you know, plastic is not good. But if you take care of them and use them infrequently, ish, you'll be fine. You'll be fine for a, quite a long time. So the one metal one that I have came with an insulated cup from my job mm -hmm. when I started working there. They're like, here, we're sending you stuff. And it was like a 20-something ounce insulated tumbler, um, metal straw, a lunch bag that says, insulated lunch bag that says the company's name on it, and uh, a face mask that said their name on it, mm -hmm. like in the corner. So it wasn't super conspicuous. Uh, don't know where the face mask is. I've only ever used the lunch bag once. And it was when we were going on a three and a half hour car ride. Well, recently to Rhode Island. Not not the Rhode Island one. When we went to Atlantic City and we had like milk that we were taking with us. Because we were making strawberry milk to go with the Uncrustables. Okay. Your, your fiancé's fascination with Uncrustables is lost on me entirely. Peanut butter and jelly. That's what it is, without a crust. I know, but, like, it messes with the ratio of bread to filling. No, because then I I made them, and I made them with appropriate filling. Okay, okay, well, that's acceptable. Yeah. Typically, store-bought ones have incorrect ratios. Yeah, so we're not going to get there. We're not going to talk about yeah. that, because I feel like the ratio has to be correct. Um, and I made them myself and I made two loaves of them. One Jesus. loaf was, uh, grape jelly and one was strawberry jam. I mean, both are acceptable. Yeah. But of course, if you're going to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you have to have strawberry milk. I mean, I, I guess. In my head, you have to. You are a fascinating creature. We've already talked about this. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Anyway, I no, use. I'm definitely partial to chocolate milk with things. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm partial to chocolate milk by itself. I'm partial to milk in general, especially when it comes to like chocolate cake. Like, if you're gonna have like a fudgy, gooey cake, you have to have milk with it. I think that. Never mind. We will have our philo- a philosophical bakery talk later. Okay. So anyway, that's why I got a metal straw. And yes. it's actually better if you're doing stuff like, like if you were making a drink with something that's a little bit more acidic, because the acid, this acidity breaks away the plastic if you're using a plastic straw, mm-hmm. whereas with the metal, it doesn't do anything. Well, typically so, I don't drink acid, so that's fine. <laughs> Good stuff. Typically. Typically. But then, you know, sometimes I'm like, let's have Dasani to ruin my inside. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Dasani water is not water. Anyway. No, it's not. So. <laughs> I had a talk with some people about water recently, funnily enough. Um, and the big one was talking about Nestle water. You don't know why that's so messed up. Why? It's because Nestle water comes from a reservoir in California... That Nestle somehow snaked away from the government for, like, cents per acre. I don't remember what year it was. But people who buy Nestle water are basically just, like, paying for water they already, like, technically pay for with taxes. Yeah, screw them. Screw them all. I, I Look into it. It's something to that degree. Well, it's ridiculous. And that's why I have the Brita um, sink-mounted filter. Yeah. Because I'm not going to pay for bottled water. I think that that's ridiculous. Um, also, the granted, plastic. hold on a second. If all you have available to you is plastic bottles of water, then by all means, please have clean water in however, not in whichever way you can scary. get it. Like, for example, Flint, Michigan, those people still don't have clean water. Nope. So they need to have bottled water. I totally understand that. Can we when just I talk was in, about how ridiculous the U.S. infrastructure is. Yeah, that's. We're not going to go there okay. because that would be a whole episode <laughs> of us just Stuffing griping things. about. Yeah. So f- when I was in Honduras several years ago, man, many many moons and seasons ago. Um, she means they, decades. Shut up. They also have a problem with their water. Like the residents can't drink their water. Yeah. Um. So that was the first time I had ever dealt with somebody telling me, if you need to buy water when you're out on the street, like buy bottled water if you can find it. If not, there should be vendors with baggies of water. And I'm thinking, like, a sandwich bag of water? Like, somebody just brought a sandwich bag of water? How do I know that that's been filtered? No, it's an actual sealed bag of water that has, like, a name brand on it. Like, it's not just somebody poured it in their sink and put it in a thing and then, you know, zip-locked it. No, it's a sealed bag of water. Interesting. Yeah. Either way. If you're in a situation where you can't drink the water and you have to have something also, in plastic. Because I'm giving pro tips. Yeah. Do not have ice from almost any restaurant. Ever. No. Don't do it. Unless it's a big chain where they have like decent enough 
like uh, uh, oversight because they don't they don't clean their ice machine. I have to clean my all. ice machine. Thank you for reminding I me. I have to clean mine as well. Yeah. But oh my god, mm-hmm. I I saw uh, the, it was don't a post- even I saw I saw it too. It's just so bad and, and disgusting. When, so anyway, when your ice machine has black mold in it. That's a problem. Oh my god, you're killing people. Like slowly. Yeah. So I have <sighs> like I said, I have the Brita filter on my on my sink in the kitchen. That is the filtered water that we drink. The cats drink it. That's the filtered water that goes into the ice machine so that we can have ice. Like that's the filtered water is what I put into the pots to boil stuff, like the food that we're going to make. I don't drink regular sink water. I also refuse to do the extra plastics in my house if I can avoid it, like the, the, the bottles and stuff. So we have giant bottles that we reuse, that we use all the time, you know, bought them on Amazon, which I shouldn't have bought on Amazon, but whatever. Cool TikTok account. There's a guy named the Water Sommelier on, on TikTok, and uh-huh. he tests water, and he has it cold, and he has it room temperature, and he tells you like, depending on the factors of the water and the price, if it's worth buying or not. It's very cool. Yes, and his accent's cool too. Right. Interesting. Right on the side. You should look into it. It's, it's pretty okay. interesting. But I just don't understand. Like, yeah. Okay, sorry. No, I went back to my, my water thing just for a sec. And I thought about the ice. That grossed me out. So anyway, getting back to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Now that the... I'm going to ask you a question and we don't have to get into everything. Yeah. But now that the, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case is coming to a close, do you think that Johnny Depp will ever come back to any Harry Potter movie. I think that Johnny Depp's working with Warner Brothers is completely out of the window. I think that when they decided to forcibly have him step down after the London trial, mm-hmm. they basically burned that bridge. Sorry. Because I was watch showing her something in between this episode and the last one. Okay. Um, I think they just burned a bridge. And that he is someone who definitely cares about the money that he's paid. But also cares very much so about respect. Dior never got rid of him. No. And so Dior is going to be fine with him. 100%. Yeah. But he is definitely not going to work with them anymore. And so mm-hmm. I would suspect that we're going to see much less of Johnny Depp in the future in movies, unfortunately. Because Warner Brothers kind of has a stranglehold on a lot of movies, things. basically. Yeah, 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 a lot of things, but including movies. So it's unfortunate, but I think that's just out the window. Unless they overpay the heck out of him and really take the right steps to repairing that relationship. Because, like, Giant Up is still, like, a huge name. Mm-hmm. I think in top, like, I would say top 20 actors globally, he's, like, one of them. He's up there. Dude, I'm not going to... Shove my face into the mic. No, I don't want you to shove your face into the mic. I just want it a little bit closer to you. There. Oh, no, also not that close. Nope, now it's growing on me. No. <laughs> I 
Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. No, I think we're seeing going to see a lot less of Johnny Depp, unfortunately. And I think that he's an incredible actor. But we, he is. We've kind of lost that now. Okay. Anyway. And Amber Heard deserves no work whatsoever. Period. We're not gonna we're not gonna get into it anymore. We've already talked about it a million and one times. I mean we, we watched probably, a half hour video on it. Yeah. We earlier. probably will talk about it again once the whole case is once the verdict is in. Um mm. to either say to yay or nay. It. Huh? I don't have to wait for it. Well, we know what we want it to be, but that's a whole other thing. What? She can take pictures of Johnny asleep, but she can't take pictures of her have being hurt. So anyway, let's let's get back to Harry Potter. Listen, listen. I respect people who go through uh, into interpersonal violence, partner violence, something like that, right? Interpersonal. I, Yes. So I respect people. Intimate partner violence. Thank you. I respect people who come forward with claims. I side typically with the victim because there's a reason why you're coming forward. And I think that most of the time it's to save someone else from suffering the same thing that you have, that have gone through rather. So I definitely respect victims for coming forward, but I do not respect Amber Heard for turning a one into a ten and destroying this man's life, basically. Yeah. Do I think that Johnny Depp is an angel and a saint and has never struck her? No, I don't believe that. I'm sorry, but the the thing where he was like, you know, I was laying in bed and she was laying next to me talking about all the wrong things I'd done that day. And she got up and came to my side of the bed and started hitting me. So I tried to get up and she blocked me and she hit me and I grabbed her by the shoulders and sat her on the bed and said, don't follow me. And she did it again. And then I did it again. And then I left. Do I believe that he didn't like push her or maybe even hit her at the time? No, there's no way. No one is that saint like to be struck twice in the face and to not retaliate. It is impossible. But do I think that he is reactionary? In probably all of these cases, absolutely. I don't think he ever struck first. Do I think that it, that, does that make it okay? No, it doesn't. I think you should never hit someone, period. Because when you devolve to violence, that's all there is left. Words no longer matter in that case. And then it's just going to be violence into violence into violence into violence. But Mm -hmm. you, there are, you've heard the recordings of her instigating it, not letting him get space from her to sort of, think and make appropriate decisions Mm -hmm. she kept trying to blame his alcohol and drug use for him being a monster or the monster whereas we have recordings where he's just like let me go spend time with my daughter please and she's like no no don't don't be the man that i married don't be the monster don't 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 run to your fifth apartment or whatever talk to me talk to me like she wouldn't let go she abused our him. unofficial third cast member yes my dog she abused him yes period there there is no way you can look there there is no evidence that and shows she lied evidence. about it because she actually said in the trial i have never committed domestic violence 
against Johnny. And then there's an, a recording that says, I did not punch you. I, I, hate, I you. hate you. And her That's rolling her eyes violence. and laughing about it. Like, she is an okay. abusive person. Yes. And she, Do- Johnny Depp is not the first person she has abused. So exactly. we're just going to... Anyway... So that's the thing is that I feel like a lot of people are co-opting this this trial and going like, haha, see, women are violent too. But that's everyone. Yes, everyone, that's true. Everyone can be violent. Violence is not a male exclusive thing or a female exclusive thing. Everyone can be violent at any point for whatever reason. I think what matters is that the people who rightfully deserve justice get justice. Well, I think the problem is also that men, unfortunately, in today's society, don't feel like they have an avenue in which they can express that True. they are victims of interper- inter intimate partner violence. Um, so they don't they don't have as many avenues as women do. Um, so I feel like that's where people are jumping on the oh see women can be abusers too, but they think which does which does it it does need to be said yes, but again they're taking it too far, just as far as people took her at face value yep. when she said that she and then was turning a him into a monster and deriding him and and, and vilifying him, it, it people need to stop. Going so far. Snap judgments. Yes, exactly. It's it's harmful in so many ways. Yes. I think that hopefully the right decision is made here. I mean, the evidence points to one outcome, which is the outcome that I prefer. And that Miss Heard needs to be um, arrested for perjury. And Yes. And she needs help, though. She needs help. Because she's bought into her own lies, and you can kind of tell in some cases. The problem with people who have personality disorders like her is that the only way that they're actually going to be helped is if they see a problem with what they're doing. True. If she doesn't see a problem with what she's doing, which clearly she doesn't, because she's She's been... still sitting up there testifying lies mm-hmm. which if you're listening to this and, and you're on her side for whatever reason be unbiased and look whenever she's asked a question and then evidence is brought up to contradict her statements almost back to back yeah um it, it it is indicative of her being... I don't, I don't even know what the correct term is for how much of a liar she is. Uh, she's a pathological liar. Yeah. That's the term. Thank you. You're welcome. And it it she needs help. She needs help. She needs to want to get help. The thing is that she's surrounded by people who back her up. Whether it's out of... Yes, because, it's because they benefit she, from her. It, exactly. And you're not upset. you're never going to be able to get how the help you need if you're surrounded by people who benefit from your circumstances which is why throwing another celebrity in there which is why Britney Spears needed to get out of her conservatorship she was surrounded by people 
who managed the conservatorship, who benefited from her being in it. Which is why she was in it for so long. Her mom benefited from it. Her dad clearly benefited from it because he was making millions every year from it. Her sister benefited from it. Her ex-husband, the father of her children, Kevin Federline, he benefited from it. The only person who did not benefit from Britney Spears' conservatorship, the entirety of it, was Britney Spears. But she didn't get, things didn't get better for her until somebody said, this is crazy, maybe it should end. Yeah. And that was only once she was able to get her own legal representation. Because it was somebody outside of that situation who looked at this and said, what the heck is going on here? Yep. This is some crazy banana stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. So bringing it back to Miss Heard. Mm-hmm. Which, by I'm, the I'm way, whenever she said Johnny, it irritated me. Yeah. I don't know if I go as far as to join the hashtags and call her Amber Turd or whatever because she pooped in his bed. Whatever. My favorite one so far has mm-hmm. been Scamber Turd. It works. Yeah, but the thing is, again, I just think that she suffers from mental illness and has no way to rectify that or get help with it because she doesn't think anything is wrong. However, I do want to point out, mental illness, Mm. having a mental illness does not mean that you're going to be violent. Yes. Yes, yes, So uh, we want to point that out. Um, because so often people are said, oh, well, they're unstable. Oh, they have, they have problems. Yeah, they're violent as heck. That doesn't mean that their mental instability led to them doing that. Maybe they just had a tendency for both. Because there's that guy who went, who, the shooter. Oh, my God. That you talked about. Oh, my God. They are already, he was mentally unstable. Then why did he have guns? Then why was he allowed to get guns? People then why did nobody stop a, it? People were saying that he was on an FBI watch list. And it's like, then what why? is the point of an FBI watch list if people who are on it still get away with doing atrocious, evil things? What is the point? Yeah. What is the watch list actually then? It's just a list of people they watch. Do what? I don't know. He did his groceries. He bought <laughs> guns. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I just, we're not going to, I'm not going to say the thing I was going to say. We're going to go back to Harry Potter now. Um, All I know is that I saw some of the live stream of what he did. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart mm-hmm. that he did what he did. And towards the, towards it, towards the end, well, I'm not sure if it was towards the end. It was towards the end of what I saw. There was a white guy. Oh, yeah. Who was like, please. And he's like, oh, you're good. After someone, someone colored, like a black old woman, asked him, like, please. And he shot her anyway. I, I was going to leave race out. 
out in general. Well, no, his 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 whole thing was. I was know, race. I know, but I was trying not to do that because I didn't want to bring that up right now because I was going to say something that is very polarizing, so I'm not going to say it. But I feel like it goes really well with what we're seeing um, so far in Harry Potter. If we bring it back to that, where people who who look like you are the ones who are fine. People who believe like you are the ones who are fine. In the Harry Potter world right now, who's fine? The people who agree with Cornelius Fudge. Who agrees with Cornelius Fudge? All his yes men, all his yes witches and wizards. And the majority of his yes witches and wizards are also pure blood fanatics. Think of Lucius Malfoy, who we see in the movie and in the book, being there when Harry goes to his um, his hearing in August. Pure blood mania. They want people who who come from a line of witches and wizards to only be to be the only ones who have access to magic. Humans, by the way, not any other magical creatures, because goodness, those are lesser beings. And they shouldn't have access to magic the way that wand holders do. So I feel like in this instance, the author was very good at depicting what it's like to discriminate against people and what discrimination leads to. See, I brought it back to Harry Potter. Anyway. <laughs> hey, sometimes we need somebody to bring it back. Season 5. Season 5. Episode 36. Yes. Episode 36, Chapter 30. Uh, Grop. <sighs> okay, so let's do a quick recap. Uh, careers advice. Um, incompetent McGonagall defense is, against a dark yes. arts teacher. McGonagall was super sassy and agreed that if it was the last thing she did, she was going to make sure Harry becomes an Auror. I don't want to talk about a spoiler, but I, I want to. <laughs> Headcanon. Um, anyway. So. Oh, yeah. And then Harry needs to talk to Lupin and Sirius because he's still wrestling with what he saw in the Pensieve of Snape's memory. So he sneaks into... He gets an explanation that his dad was was a teenager. Yeah. And he did something stupid. He did stupid things. But he grew out of it. Yes. And uh, Fred and George are no longer at Hogwarts. Spectacularly so. Yes. And that's about it. G- give her hell, Peeves. Give her hell, Peeves. I like it. Yes. So I want to read the first uh, paragraph of the chapter. Okay. It says, The story of Fred and George's flight to freedom was retold so often over the next few days that Harry could tell it would soon become the stuff of Hogwarts legends. Um, Within... Within a week, even those who had been eyewitnesses were half convinced that they had seen the twins dive bomb umbrage on their brooms, pelting her with dung bombs before zooming out of the doors. 
In the intermediate aftermath of their departure, there was a great wave of talk about copying them, so that Harry frequently heard students saying things like, Honestly, some days I just feel like jumping on my broom and leaving this place. Or, one more lesson like that and I might just do a Weasley. Mm. I love it. Yes. Adding to all of that are are the two roughly patched broom-shaped holes in Umbridge's office door. (laughs) I love that they managed to get their brooms to escape. Yep. Which then makes me feel like, why didn't they do it before? Because they were trying to keep the peace. There you go. The twins also left a large swamp in the fifth floor corridor, which Umbridge and the teachers seem unable to remove. Harry suspects the teacher's inability is feigned, part of the ongoing passive rebellion against Umbridge's authoritarian ways. A grumbling filch must now ferry students across the swamp in between classes. Picking up where the twins left off, students constantly bombard the corridors with dung bombs and stink pellets, and someone put uh, someone puts a Niffler into Umbridge's office, destroying it. Yes. Keep going. Okay. Umbridge, Filch, and the new inqu- Inquisitorial squad are run ragged, responding to the disturbances. Fred and George had also apparently sold many Skyving snack boxes, for whenever Umbridge enters a class, students suddenly experience vomiting, bloody noses, and fainting spells, and peaches everywhere, wreaking havoc. The staff, except Filch, seem unwilling to help Umbridge, and Harry notices that McGonagall uh, not only walks past Peeves while he is unscrewing a crystal chandelier, but also mutters, it unscrews the other way. So I wanted to read that um, about Peeves. So it seems that Peeves has taken Fred's parting words deeply to heart. Cackling madly, he soared through the school, upending tables, bursting out of blackboards, and toppling statues and vases. Twice he shut Mrs. Norris inside suits of armor from which she was rescued, yowling loudly by the furious caretaker. He smashed lanterns and snuffed out candles, juggled burning torches over the heads of screaming students, caused neatly stacked piles of parchment to topple into fires or out of windows, uh, flooded the second floor when he pulled off all of the taps in the bathrooms, dropped a bag of tarantulas in the middle of the great hall during breakfast, poor Ron, and whenever he fancied a break, spent hours at a time floating along after Umbridge and blowing loud raspberries every time she spoke. Uh, None of the staff but Filch seemed to be stirring themselves to help her. Indeed, a week after Fred and George's departure, Harry witnessed Professor Umbridge walking right past Peeves, who was determinedly (coughs) loosening a crystal chandelier, like you said, and could have sworn he heard her tell the poltergeist out of the corner of her mouth. Oh, McGonagall. I'm sorry. I meant McGonagall. Did I say Umbridge? I think so. Okay. Um, It unscrews the other way. I just had to read it. Oh, to cap matters, to cap matters, Montague had still not recovered from his sojourn in the toilet. Remember, to the he, toilet. It says to the in the toilet. I thought it was the vanishing cabin. So they found him in the toilet. Remember? Okay. So they didn't understand where he had gone. They found him, but he wasn't because. Fred and George had put him in the vanishing cabinet, and when he came back, he was found in the toilet. <coughs> Interesting. 
Go ahead. I will go ahead. Um, Ron worries that his mother will blame him for the twins' departure. Why? Something along the lines of, you should have tried and stopped them, to the point that he thought that she'd probably have the unreal expectation for him to, like, grab onto the broom to, to stop them from leaving. But, like, how could he yeah. ever stop the twins from being anything they wanted to do? You're right. She does say, he does say, she'll say, I should have stopped them from leaving. I should have grabbed the ends of their brooms and hung on yep. or something. Yep. Uh, when he and Hermione wonder how they can afford to open their own joke shop in Diagon Alley, Harry finally reveals that he donated his Triwizard winnings to them so they could open up shop. Ron and Hermione seem unsurprised by this revelation. Which then Ron is happy. He's like, yay, mom, mom can be angry at you now. <laughs> Yes. Um, let me see, where is it? I've been wondering where Mundungus has... Uh, whether <laughs> Mundungus has persuaded them to sell stolen goods or something awful. He hasn't, said Harry curtly. How do you know, said Ron and Hermione together. Because, Harry hesitated, but the moment to confess finally seemed to have come. What? I just wanted to point out that when he tells, when Harry tells them that he gave them the winnings from the Triwizard Tournament, he says, yeah, I did. And I don't regret it either. Yeah. He's like, I was, I was going to get there. I did it. I, I was literally two sentences away okay. from that. My bad. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Well, because, because I got, got the there first. For me. I gave them my Triwizard winnings last June. There was a shock silence and Hermione's teacup uh, jogged right over the edge of the desk and smashed on the floor. Oh, Harry, you didn't, she said. Yes, I did, said Harry mutinously. And I don't regret it either. I didn't need the gold, and they'll be great as a joke shop. But this is excellent, said Ron, looking thrilled. It's all your fault, Harry. Mom can't blame me at all. Can I tell her? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you'd better, said Harry dully. Especially if she thinks they're receiving stolen cauldrons or something. See, yeah. patience. I was getting there. Ah, uh, that patience is not a thing I have. Apparently not. No. Hermione asks when Harry will restart his occlumency lessons with Snape, as Sirius wanted, but Harry prefers to avoid explaining why that will never happen. Again, not wanting to admit that his dad was kind of a douche. Yeah. In the first few minutes of the Quidditch match between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, Harry and Hermione are approached by Hagrid, who has something to show them in the Forbidden Forest. Hagrid leads the way, carrying a large crossbow. The centaurs, he says, are still angry about Ferenz working for Dumbledore, and they were attacking friends when Hagrid intervened. Umbridge believes Hagrid put the Niffler in her office, and he expects to be sacked soon. Sensing that uh, he will shortly be sent away, he says he needs a trio's help with something, and leads them to where a giant named Grop is sleeping. It's much more um, mysterious than that in the book. It's very like drawn out, like... You know, I couldn't just leave him with them. He was small, so he was getting bullied. And they're like, who are you talking about, Hagrid? Oh, Hagrid, you couldn't. Well, you see, he's my brother, blah, blah, blah. And that's when it's revealed that in the forest, deep in the Forbidden Forest, is yeah. his half-brother, Grop. Hermione starts with, Hagrid, you told us. You told us none of them wanted to come in reference to giants. Giants, yes. And he said, well, no, he didn't want to come, but I had to bring him, Hermione. I had to. But why? Um, I knew if I just got him back and taught him a few things, I'd be able to take him outside and show everyone he's harmless. 
Harmless? He's been hurting you all this time, hasn't he? That's why you've had all these injuries. He don't know his own strength, and he's getting better. He's not fighting so much anymore. So much anymore means he's still fighting. Um, they were bullying him, Hermione, because he's so small. And Hermione's like, small? Like, that thing is small? <coughs> um, Hermione, I couldn't leave him. See? He's my brother. Oh, yes, tiny, said Hermione with a kind of hysterical sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely minuscule. <laughs> Did Madame Maxine want to bring him back? She, well, she could see it was right important to me. But, but she got a bit tired of him after a while. I must admit, so he split up on the journey home. She promised not to tell anyone, though. How on earth did you get him back without anyone noticing? Well, that's why it took so long. Blah, 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 blah. So, yes, he basically kidnapped, in a sort of sense, his, his brother, his, his half-brother, Grop. Um, Hagrid brought Grop, his half-brother, back from the mountains with him after his failed mission with Madame Maxine to recruit the giants against Voldemort. The other giants mistreated Grop for being small, only 16 feet tall. Hagrid has been attempting to civilize Grop and teach him English, but so far he has been little more than monosyllabic. Because he's a, a freaking giant. Giant. <laughs> he was raised with giants. Yeah. It's not. So here's the thing. It's not like Hagrid, who was half wizard, half human, half giant, um, who was raised and grown by up in a wizarding house. Yeah. It was a giant. Who was raised with... Giants. Yeah, he's he's a puny giant, but he's still a giant. Yep. Um, Hagrid admits that Grop is still half wild, and he has had difficulty controlling him, which explains his battered appearance when he has returned to Hogwarts and why Grop is tied up. Hagrid claims Grop is much tamer now, and he asks if Harry, Ron, and Hermione will visit and help teach him English. Grop wakes up, and Hagrid introduces Harry and Hermie though it is hard to tell how much Grop comprehends. Harry now understands Ferenzi's, uh, Ferenzi's warning to Hagrid that the attempt is not working. <laughs> Would you mind if he called you Hermie, Hermione? Only it's a difficult name for him to remember. And Hermione squeaks, no, not at all. <laughs> Centaurs appear and threaten Hagrid, angry that he brought a giant into their forest. They are also still furious that Ferenz has betrayed them by entering into human servitude. Hagrid is not intimidated, and the centaurs agree to let him pass only because he is accompanied by innocent foals, who are Harry and Hermione. Hold on a second. We have to read it, because I love it. And he's like, I thought you were told, Hagrid, that you are no longer welcome here. How are you, Megorian? said Hagrid warily. Um, so, he said, with a nasty inflection in his voice, before turning immediately to Megorian, we agreed, I think, what we would do if this human showed his face in the forest again. And it's Bane saying this to Megorian. This human now am I, said Hagrid testily, just for stopping all of you committing murder. You ought not to have meddled, Hagrid, said Megorian. Our ways are not yours, nor are our laws. Firenze, friends, friends, 
friends, has betrayed and dishonored us. I don't know how you'll work that out, said Hagrid impatiently. Uh, he's a nothing except help Albus Dumbledore. Ferenz has entered into servitude to humans, said a gray centaur with a hard, deeply lined face. Servitude? Said Hagrid scathingly. He's doing Dumbledore a favor is all. He is peddling our knowledge and secrets among humans, said Megorian quietly. There can be no return from such disgrace. If you say so, said Hagrid shrugging. But Percy, I think you're making a big mistake. As are you, you human, said Bane, coming back into our forest when we warned you. Now, you listen to me, said Hagrid angrily. I'll have less of, of the our forest, if it's all the same to you. It's not up to you who comes and goes in here. No more is it up to you, Hagrid, said Megorian smoothly. I shall let you pass today because you are accompanied by your young. They're not his, interrupted Bane contemptuously. Students, Megorian, from up at the school. They have probably already profited from the traitor Ferenz's teachings. Nevertheless, said Megorian calmly, the slaughter of foals is a terrible crime. We do not touch the innocent. Today, Hagrid, you pass. Henceforth, stay away from this place. You forfeited the friendship of the centaurs when you helped the traitor Ferenz escape us. I won't be kept out of the forest by a bunch of mules like you, said Hagrid loudly. Hagrid, said Hermione in a high-pitched, terrified voice, as both Bane and the Grey Centaur pawed at the ground. Let's go, please, let's go. Um, Hagrid moved forward, but his crossbow was still raised and his eyes were still fixed threateningly upon Megorian. We know what you are keeping in the forest, Hagrid, Megorian called after them as the centaur slipped out of sight. And our tolerance is waning. You'll tolerate him as long as he's here. It's as much his forest as yours. He did yell. <laughs> Calm it, down, it you says. two. Ruddy old nags, though, eh? Ha so, yeah. so Hermione says, Hagrid, if the centaurs don't want humans in the forest, does it really look as though Harry and I will be able to? And then Hagrid's like, you heard what he said. He's not gonna, they're not going to harm the foals. You guys. Why Hagrid really out here just like, listen, you might die, but you might not. It's not the first time he said That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Follow the spiders. You might die, but you might not. They haven't Goodbye. hurt me until this time. Goodbye, friends of Hagrid. <sighs> Hagrid. Hagrid needs to be less trusting, but I'm glad that he is. Anyway, when Harry and Hermione return to the now finished Quidditch game, they hear Weasley is our king, only it is not the Slytherin singing it sarcastically. Gryffindor has won the match and the Quidditch Cup, apparently thanks to Ron's suddenly superb keeping. Yes, it starts. Weasley is our king. Weasley is our king. He didn't let the quaffle in. Weasley is our king. Weasley can save anything. He never leaves a single ring. That's why Gryffindors all sing, Weasley is our king. Yes. So, last chapter, last uh, paragraph or two. Mm-hmm. Harry, Hermione, yelled Ron, it's a little more than that, waving the silver Quidditch cup in the air, looking quite beside himself. We did it. We won. They beamed up at him as he passed. 
Uh, there was a scrum at the door of the castle, and Ron's head got rather badly bumped on the lintel, but nobody seemed to want to put him down. Still singing, the crowd squeezed itself into the entrance hall and out of sight. Harry and Hermione watched them go, beaming, until the last echoing strains of Weasley as our king died away. Then they turned to each other, uh, their smiles fading. We'll save our news till tomorrow, shall we? said Harry. Yes, yes all, all right, right, said Hermione wearily. I'm not in any hurry. Uh, they climbed the steps together. At the front doors, uh, both instinctively looked back at the Forbidden Forest. Harry was not sure whether it was his imagination or not, but he rather thought he saw a small cloud of birds erupting into the air over the treetops in the distance, almost as if the tree in which they had been met, uh, nesting had just been pulled up by the roots. I which mean... Which is Grop's specialty. Yeah, he he likes to pull up some trees. That's his thing. Little Groppy. I wonder how Harry and Hermie are going to deal with it. I'm going to pause here because I mentioned this to you before we started this episode. Yes. I think Grop is the worst thing in Harry Potter. Because he adds virtually nothing to the story besides being a device to help Harry and Ron. Harry and Hermione do something later on in the book. Other than that, he is almost completely forgotten about until the last book. In which he does, again, virtually nothing. Yeah. I don't think he's interesting. I think... I don't know. In a book that's very laden with, like, almost... Re- like, I think at any point in history, there's, like, big parallels between what the government is doing in this book and to what they're doing in real life. Yeah. Which makes the book, like, politically focused as opposed to magic focused, which is what mm-hmm. Harry Potter sort of bases itself in because it's a freaking magic school. Yeah. Um, It pulls away from that into something more real, which... For young adults who should be reading this book series at this point, because it's not a kid series anymore. It's not it's being, not kid being series, a kid a series. Yeah. Uh, when death and stuff was mentioned, losing your soul—that's like a big thing that like kids kind of wouldn't understand. Um, and it's it's almost boring. I think this book is was very boring for me to read when I was younger. Um, and then Groff just doesn't add anything fun. It's almost like a chore that they've been given by Hagrid. And I love Hagrid, but Hagrid stopped. Hagrid needs to stop with his chores and his cryptic messages. <sighs> because it never leads to anything Ergo, good for the people Grop, involved. Fluffy, Norbert, Blast-Ended Scroots. Like, I'm, I'm done. Thank you, Hagrid. You're one of my favorite characters, but also you are annoying now. Yeah. Nobody wants to, I don't know, be on the... the receiving end of something any bad. Of, any of those. No. No. Blech. 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 Well, and on that note... We're done-ish. This was a short chapter. We talked about a, a little bit of everything and the chapter. Yes. Hope you guys enjoyed. Yes. We'll be back soon. Yes. Bye! Goodbye. I'll sleep. Me too.